The Breakdown with Bethany is a mom.com podcast. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of The Breakdown with Bethany. I'm Bethany Bronsilva, and today my guest is Jerry Halliwell Horner. And I'm going to actually start this podcast a little bit differently than the rest by just sharing some things with you all. Um, I've had a little bit of a funk lately. I don't know what it is. I think it's just motherhood, work, just feeling run down. And sometimes when we get to meet someone who's been so impactful in our lives, it can kind of help you take a minute, step outside of yourself and, and reflect, reflect on where you're at and where what you're doing. And I got to do that today with uh, Jerry Halliwell Horner. And she's the author of this incredible book, Rosie Frost and the Falcon Queen. And I came into this interview less prepared than other interviews. And I feel like I wanted to share that. It feels like I it's almost something I want to kind of like cop to, right? Um, this is an incredible book. I haven't read the whole thing. And she asked me if I had, and I've only gotten through the first couple of chapters. And I felt kind of like, like I disappointed her and she is someone that has really like been there for me in my darkest moments, although I've never met her before. I mean, when I think about the Spice Girls impact on my life, it really is so much more than like a pop group, right? It's more than like a musical, the like a phenom, phenom you know, phenom, whatever you call it. Their music to this day is something that I I turn it on when I need to be pumped up, pepped up. I light up at the sight of any sort of Spice Girls reference. And so I kind of put a lot of pressure on myself with this interview. And I felt like I saved it. I saved it. But um, at the it it, it felt I felt bad about not reading the whole book. Um, Jerry Halliwell Horner is. To say she's smart is like a, a gross understatement. She's incredibly, incredibly intelligent, well-spoken woman. And I really, after, you know, speaking with her, I feel, I feel inspired, empowered, and sort of ready to take on like this crappy feeling that I've been, you know, sort of struggling with. Um, so that really is the beauty of what she represents, what she represents to me, what she represents to so many women. So I really hope that you'll listen to this conversation, listen to the words that she says about the inspiration for her writing this book. It's the first in a series. She is an author. She's written many children's books in the past, but this book is really special. And we dive into her process. We dive into the inspiration. We dive into motherhood and creativity. And she left me with some really, really kind words and you know, it's a different way of, you know, introing this podcast, but I felt like I owed it to her, owed it to everything that she's done for me to just give her a little bit more of a moment. And actually, I'm going to read the first line of chapter one in Rosie Frost and the Falcon Queen. Why did being left out hurt so much? Rosie Frost had always felt like she didn't belong. All her 13 years, it had been that way, and she didn't know why. So for anyone who might be feeling like they don't belong, even if you're, you know, pushing 40 like I am, if you're having a moment where you're not sure quite where you fit in in this crazy world. You know, I hope you'll read this book and then listen to Jerry Halliwell's Horner's words in this episode. Thank you so much. I have the book and I saw you were out last night with some really people, some other people I admire, like Alana Wiles and Serena Kerrigan. So I'm glad you're enjoying the city in spite of this dreadful, dreadful weather. <laughs> you know what? I, this city is amazing. It yeah. just me off about a bit of weather. Look, I'm British, so it's fine. 
yeah, well yeah. done you i was looking at your site so you know all that you've done very oh, nice thank you so much thank you so much and we're gonna get into the book we're gonna get into it all but i have to i mean i would really be like remissed if i didn't say like what a, an incredible impact you've had on me i'm i don't know do you ever get tired of hearing that i mean i'm i know because you yeah. think it's a, it's a nice thing isn't it yeah but otherwise what are we doing it for do you know what i mean that's lovely that he did where are you so you originally from here yeah, I'm from New York City. I was born and raised in New York City and I sort of came up yeah, in, in Midtown. I grew up in Midtown Manhattan and it, you know, I really came up in the era of the Spice Girls. It was so impactful to me and my friends and even all these years later, it's something that we really just sort of it's like a bonding thing. And so given, you know, when I was presented with the opportunity to speak to you I, I really just felt like I wanted to share that because oh, that's so nice yeah it's that's so it's, nice it's like why are you doing your podcast obviously because obviously you're a mother and then you suddenly yeah. embrace that and all that I get it but you know you're being of service at the same time as oh, we all want to be successful blah, blah blah but you're being of service so isn't that wonderful that do you know what I mean what you do helps other people or connects and that so it's the same I think in anything that we do, so it's lovely. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh, it means so much to hear you say that. But I do want to get into this book because, oh my goodness, I this is such. This seems to me like we would know that writing a book is such an undertaking. But you this book, well, haven't you? I did, but it was nothing like this. I mean, like I mean, even just like the sheer like this is good. It this is just it's so vast, so so, and the story. Like, I, can you tell us a little bit? I want to. I want to jump into the story. Have you, have you had time? Because I won't feel like offended because I know you're a mummy. So. No, I have started. I have not finished it, but I'm really captivated. Where did you get to? Where did you get to? Go on. Well, so, the, so you're just like, so just the story of her being an orphan. And then I was reading also the Scary Mommy article about all the sort of like the woven, like underneath all the sort of messages that are woven into it. And I think you do that so well. But what does what made you decide to write a book like this? Well, I've written uh, stories before, but for younger. And I always loved writing. I think that we all want to find power in our lives. And that I think the one place that you can take ownership or agency in your own life is writing. And um, so I've always loved, I studied English literature before I went into music. Um, and so I always felt, you know, I'm no Mariah Carey. I love I love, I like the writing bit of songwriting more, you know, that creative bit. And, um, and I always look, you've spoken about whether it's gives the, you the audience uh, some sort of fills them up and connects. Yes. Oh, it's empty and pointless. And so um, I kept on thinking, well, I've done this. Um, Cause you, have you got two daughters? I have two boys, two, two boys. boys. Okay. That's yeah. another conversation. Well, let's talk about that too. But um so and how old are they they're eight and 11 okay that's interesting I've got a son as well but um so I wrote younger for younger audience and um and I thought oh shall I I always think oh the what I had this idea the world needs a new hero you know that we all can identify with that's that's not alpha you know that doesn't have all the answers that and that that's real and so that's and I thought maybe vulnerability is the new superpower and um and so I 
I questioned whether I just aged what I'd done up. And then I spoke to Harry Potter's agent and he said, no, because he was going to be, he's my, he was my agent at the time. And he said, start again. So, which I did. And I developed, this was about, this was nine years ago. I started again and started to develop, develop. And the characters remain the same. And, you know, it, I think being a writer is a blessing and a curse because I could not stop. But I was learning as I went to do that sort of uh, a big, novel because you have to sort of mechanics of what works there and what works here I found it really hard but but what drove me on was that sort of passion to empower adventure character I when you read it I really hope that you get something as well as being entertained and I hope it makes you laugh and warm your heart also I want you to come out of it going yeah (laughs) <laughs> it seems like you 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 managed to do that really well and I also want to talk about I mean the main character Rosie Frost she does have a bit of a musical side was that yeah. obviously that was intentional but can we talk about that a little bit um yeah I, I mean there's all different mediums isn't there that you know that we can use to communicate and um so part of the story um you know she has this connection with her mother that's not alive anymore that they used to uh to write together it's just something they did and um and through a series of challenges and this is this is this is quite i would say quite extreme this story that you know your sons are going to like it they're characters that you can see but you can be it so you know the boys are strong but the boys cry the boy cries the girls save the boys and there are three challenges that she has to enter when she gets to this school. She does it for selfish reasons at first. And it's a bit like Squid Game, mm-hmm. but it's all in honor, the DNA of it. Is it present? Is it set in the present? But it's all in the honor of Anne Boleyn, Tudor times, right? So they're quite extreme. But Anne Boleyn believed in um, uh, like creat- creativity, reform. And so the challenge number two I don't want to spoil it for you, but it is about expression of change. You know, you think, oh, that's that's nice. And so she, you see her do that. She enters this competition and it looks all innocent, but it's not. Something like if you don't get through, something really bad happens. <gasps> it's, uh, it's, it's quite interesting. Um, but anyway, you just see Rosie. She sort of uses that sort of innocence and that age where you're working things out. And she sort of writes and sings a bit, a little bit. It just touches on it. But there's music in the actual book. You get, you just have to scan the code and you get two songs. That's really, that's really quite a gift for us. <laughs> but I also oh, thought, you know what? You've waited this long. And you know, <laughs> I was saying, oh, some, some people said, oh, you know, are you ever going to do music? And I, I've always done music. So I thought, just give it to you. You know, and it, and it helps sort of narrate the story one is really like crunchy it's got a rap in it it's fun and the other one is like something that you might um connect to it's called a beautiful life and it's about you know all the things that you've been through in your life bethany where you just thought god what am i doing you know this is difficult but then the end of it you're like you know what i made it and i found out what i'm made of and who my friends are and i feel filled with gratitude faith so it's kind of that basically. 
That's really, that's really, really fantastic. And I'm also wondering, I mean, obviously this story, the characters are so strong. They really do kind of, they're universal, but there is something about this young adult genre that I think is really captivating right now. I mentioned my son is 11. He's art, you know, that, that's sort of, it's really such a pivotal time in a young person's life. They're sort of entering, you know, young adulthood, teenhood. Was this, um, what was the, what was the thought process behind writing, you know, for this audience in particular, although you know, anyone can read it, of course. Anyone but... can read it. My husband read it and, yeah. and he doesn't read books. Right? Not, but He does, but only occasionally, maybe once on holiday. And I, I, he said, okay, I'll read it when it's published. When it's And, and he did. And he went, but the first thing, have you got a husband or a partner? I do um, have a husband and he doesn't okay. read either. <laughs> okay, there you go. So any anyone will identify with this. Do you know what he said? He went, oh, the first thing he said was, oh, it's a... Uh, much better than I thought it was going to be right thanks, yeah thanks yeah. <laughs> then then he said and then he was carrying on reading it and he goes do you know what I couldn't put it down I just I forgot that you'd written it and I just wanted to know what would happen next I was like okay my work is done but okay so that's great I want everyone to read it that's my hope right having said that it is you know the characters are at that vulnerable age where they're working things out and but I think that age is no man's land. You sort of, you don't belong at the teacup ride in Disney and you're not at the big wheel. You're sort of like, uh, I'm not allowed into a bar, but I'm not, I don't want to, you sort of like, what? I don't want to hang out with, so you're sort of working thing out, things out and you haven't fallen down so many times, but yeah, so there's a youthful bravado there, which is quite useful. Um, but I think it's a pivotal age. It is. It is. And I'm kind of like, really feel like I'm living through it again, right? With my son, it is, is you forget the emotions, the sort of like navigating new feelings, new everything. And I think that's also why this genre and why this book, I'm I'm sure will be a, a massive hit. The, the character, the there's two boys in it and it, it, and both of them, then one called Charlie's gorgeous, right? And He's strong and there's a moment that he shows vulnerability, which I think is really important for your sons to see. Do you know what I mean? It's really healthy that boys do cry. That's healthy. But you can still be like macho and get on with it. But um, can I ask you, right, that I was thinking, because I've got a son, and I think I was thinking, no wonder boys are the way they are, right? Because I'm like, it's like Lion King moment. You know, when, when they look up to something like Simba, go, yes, <laughs> and it's my fault. <laughs> right I mean it's it's wild and two of them and the age difference is so crazy um it, it's it's crazy I mean 11 hit us hard like it's like it hit us I all of a sudden he was my sweet sweet little boy and now he stinks oh, and okay. yeah grumpy oh it's, it's it's tough I still get glimmers of of his cuddliness that, that they love oh that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, you know, obviously that we're a podcast for moms. That's our main audience. And what I find, and also with writing my own book, there's a story in us all, right? Yeah, of course. And there's just so it's sometimes, you know, I'm a writer, I'm an editor. That's I've done that for over a decade. It was really hard for me to get, you know, pen to paper, you know, that even though, you know, I didn't write it like this, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it was hard to get my story out. And I would love for you to take us through maybe the, the the background, the process of writing a book to maybe encourage other mothers who have a story. Oh. Yeah, what was yeah, that? I, like? I actually started, well, just before I had my first child, I, that's when I first started writing. Yeah. 
and because I suddenly thought I don't want to I don't want to go around the world anymore I don't want to leave you know I don't want to leave my children and the good news about writing is you can do it anywhere and but I want to be creative I don't want to lose that identity so that's I sort of started then just before I had my first child um and then and then sort of the, the learning of how to was oh my god it's a baptism of fire and I don't think there is a a right or wrong way but I did lean into other writers to show me how do you do it and they gave me tips I mean certain really basic things is like leave your phone outside of the room it is an absolute creative killer because you could get so distracted so therefore if you can I mean it's hard if you're doing research to turn your wi-fi you know so you don't get any emails like maybe use I use a different computer so it's just so if I want to do you know go on look at you know, research, you can do that, but I'm not interrupted with emails because it's killer. That's it, it's over. And then the other thing is when I'm on a deadline, oh no, give my, actually give myself deadlines. Okay. My husband told that, he told me that because otherwise we can just coast and coast. So um, give myself goals and then, and discipline of time. So get hit your desk at nine to 12 and then you're allowed to go and have a cup of tea in the middle of it otherwise you feel you know and then so if you want when they're in bed you can go back edit in the morning I do when my brain is fresh I don't editing's really hard I just prefer the sort of like the fun bit when you can write the Rah. um what else can I say and then then I read um this book called how to write is by Stephen King and he said go in a dark room which I did so there's no sort of outs, no sort of any distraction, but it's quite intense. And then the other thing that was like an absolute game changer, and I was really struggling, and it really proves how bad do you want, how much do you believe in your characters? You know, because there were times when, like, someone told me it was a, it was a, an agent said to me, "Oh, I don't, I think you should get rid of Charlie," and I was like, "No way!" I, I was like, "I love him," or there was um and then I was the and then and then it was getting it wasn't getting positive at the beginning right this was this was like many many years ago and then I met this other writer he's called William Boyd and this is like the Beethoven of you know this is and I gave him my manuscript going oh can you just look at it I didn't realize who he was at first it was like giving Humpty Dumpty to Beethoven right and he said, I said, I'm really struggling. And he said, he said, rewrite the whole thing, the same story, but rewrite it in the third person rather than the first and, and write it in the past tense rather than the present tense because you back yourself into a corner. So it's something really simple, but it was just, you know, laborious. You've got to go in. And it taught me, it taught me um, how bad do I want it? Um yeah just those sort of lessons. And the other thing he taught, and it was after I'd done it, and he said, and I've applied it to book two, is that he said, write structure first. There's no, there's no right way to do it. But if you write structure first, rather than like, I just ambled along on book one. And then I had to go into like with a pair of like surgery scissors trying to fix it. Does I don't know if any of this makes sense, but it is quite hard. It, it is, it's such I, a process. I hadn't done it before, but I felt... I felt compelled to do it. 
I love it. And no, of course, it's, it's an incredibly hard process. And I think, um, and actually sort of leads me into my ne next question. Um, you're a creative person. I, you know, yeah. I think we all have that that creativity and some of us need to express it more than others. And you mentioned also that you're when you're a writer and you wanted to be home with your kids, was there any sort of um, a, like a, a return to or rediscovering your creativity after becoming a mom? I also know that you're a stepmom, and sometimes we get lost in the sauce, right. Of motherhood and we forget ourselves. Um, and then it sort of maybe takes a project like, I mean, the undertaking of like, you know, this book or, music or I, however you might express yourself creativity. I know that's something we struggle with a lot as mothers. And if we'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that. Okay. So I, for me, I think I'm a better mother if I am also, you know, they say on an airplane, put your own gas mask on first, right. your oxygen mask on first. Right. So I always think if I can look after this first, I'm a better mother anyway, you know, I'm more present and, um, but there, there, there are things and boundaries that I, it's really, it's, it's not easy. Um, how, what did I do? Okay. To rediscover and reawaken there's different parts of my life. I did, I, I did this, um, it's a course on, on, from this book called the artist way. Right. And it's, she's in America and she gives you a series, series of like, um, it's like coursework to do, to sort of take yourself on a date, write out what you'd like your life to look like. And then you suddenly start waking up your interests. I did that at one stage. I wrote my first children's series after that. Um, I think it's like carving out time and saying, actually, it's, but it is hard, isn't it? It's saying, oh. I'm just going to do this for me. You know, and sometimes life isn't like that. It's not practical or, you know, so, but it's remembering that this is what I try and re remind myself. There is going to come a day, right, when our children will leave us, right? We will get dumped. <laughs> the right? biggest heartbreak, right? <laughs> the biggest heartbreak. And, you know, that's a healthy, you know, that's healthy. They, you know, they go off into the, you know, we're just shepherds, aren't we? So I think it's really healthy to have your own, you know, your own identity and yeah, and have your own interests. If you can, not easy sometimes. I mean, this I'm I'm saying something that's idealistic, but to keep it in mind. But you know, first things first, I want my children to be healthy and happy, because if they're not, I'm not. They say that if you you really truly are doing your job as a parent, your kids will leave. <laughs> like that's the that's the point, right? Like you want them to leave. I I talk actually in my book, I talk about this thing, you know, like roots and wings. I is I think it's a Jonas Salt quote, and you know we want to give them the roots, like the the wings to fly, but like the roots to know they can always come home. So what that was is it. Excuse me. Who said that? Salk Jonas Salk. I and and as he's a scientist. Scientist. I'm gonna write it down. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jonas Salt. All of a sudden, I got really nervous. Now I'm like, oh, let me just do a quick Google search, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> roots with wings. Yeah, roots. And, like we give our children the roots to fly, but I mean, the, the wings to fly, but the roots to know they can always come home. Yeah, that's it. They're always sort of like, are you still there? Are you yeah. Still there? Yeah, it's exactly the anchor them. I think that's nice. Yeah, absolutely. Confident to be out in the world. We can only We can only try, but also I think it's being a good... It's quite good to kids copy, I mm -hmm. think. Kids copy like 
by the, you know, by example. So if I can, you know, show that, you know, good work ethic and interest, grounded, present, you know, they still might just go whatever. <laughs> Who knows? Might, hopefully they pick up more of your good habits than that. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm not doing it perfectly. <laughs> right, right. And then so back to Rosie Frost and the Falcon Queen. This is book one. Am I right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how's it going? Like, are like are the other books finished? Are you working on the I've other? Just, I, I've just finished the first draft of book two. And so I'm just doing, it's really hard when you get all these little notes back. And uh, sometimes it's, because then it's all like scribbles all over your page and you've got to, and they're saying, oh, so it's going okay. I'm pleased with it. But um, yeah, it's like baking a cake. And when you hand it over, it's like it's in the oven. There's almost like a shoulders drop because then you think I can't do anything about it. Does that make sense? And is that how you feel about this first book too? I mean, it's so we're filming this. It's September 30th. The book comes out on the 3rd, October 3rd. I mean, what is the the feeling, the emotional? It's like your child is leaving home and there's nothing you can do about it. It's like, off you go. You know, I've, I've been with this person Rosie Frost to me is like a real person. My my daughter who's seventeen is she says she refers to it as your other child, <laughs> the other child. And there's there's two others as well, but the other child, Rosie, and um, you know, and it's sort of you're helping her on her way to present out to the world. But after that, you know, so yeah, it, it, I think it's natural to have a little bit of trepidation, but also gratitude. Mm-hmm you know, I get the opportunity to share this. It's amazing. You know, I'm grateful. This morning, I was like, this is such a gift. That is a great mindset to have. And we're going to wrap up soon. But I'm, I know you mentioned your older daughter. What does she think of the book? She, I mean, they the, they can be our worst critics, can't they? Our children, they, they don't give a, you know, whatever you've done or whatever. They, um, and she waited to read it until it was absolutely completed. Although she helped me on a couple of like jokes there's a couple of things in there's one of my one of my favorite characters called Ottoline she's like a mean girl but she's so smart because at this school which was built by Queen Elizabeth I in honor of her mother Anne Boleyn you know who was you know executed by her father shamed for being smart and so she builds this school uh, Queen Elizabeth I builds this school and it's full of amazing students polymaths it's their ideas so Queen Elizabeth says their ideas they will be my heir right so 500 years later you've got these amazing kids there and all sorts of alumni have been there Shakespeare um, Amelia Earhart you know the pilot yeah. all sorts right anyway so but this girl, Ottilie, she's kind of like a, she's kind of a typical mean girl, but beautiful and gorgeous, but smart as a whip. And there's like, there's like a couple of jokes in there that Bluebell did help me with. The one, if you, if you get to read it, there's one about, she can, she sort of slips up on Guatemala and um, what's the avocado, what do you say, Guatemala and what do you do with that? What's that out, out, made out of avocado? Oh, uh. With guacamole, avocado, guacamole, country. <laughs> she confuses the book. Um, it's kind of really silly, but it's quite funny. And this is a really bright girl. No, there's just a few sort of humorous, silly 
Yeah, but the, actually the actual story is very adventurous and quite vicious at times. But, um, and, and then there's a bit of spiritual chocolate in there. I love it. Thank you so much for the time. Um, tell everybody about where they can get the book. I'm sure it's everywhere, but you know, just, we have to sign off with like a little bit of. <laughs> you can, oh yeah, there you go. Okay. So the book is out and you can get it in like all regular stores, whether it's Barnes and Nobles or the regular stores in America, across America or Amazon. Perfect. And don't forget to scan that QR code for the two oh, yeah, songs. Yeah, you scan the QR code, you get the two songs. That's lovely. Uh, thank you so much. This is really so fantastic. And I really just have to say your your generosity with sharing everything was really, really fantastic. Oh, my pleasure, Bethany. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so career. much. I really, oh, all right. Well, I can't lose now. <laughs> so. Go for it. Why not? Right. Right? Thank you so much. Um, big kiss to you. Bye. Bye. Bye.